it's one thing to go, hey, will you be my sponsor? It's another thing for them to go, I need you to press me on this. These are the signs that I'm lying. These are the signs that I'm lying to myself. Welcome to Coffee with a Couple Cure, where we share practical tips for your relationship before you finish your first cup. Here's Jay and Lori Pyatt. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with a Couple Cure. I'm Jay. And I'm Lori. Today on episode 16, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, pitfalls of the 12-step program as it relates to uh, both sobriety and betrayal trauma and relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is going to actually be a two-part series. Uh, The first one, I think we're going to be covering the common pitfalls. In the second one, uh, 3.17, we will be covering the more dangerous pitfalls, especially when it comes to rebuilding trust. So for some of the the common pitfalls, and one of the things mentioned in the Narcotics Anonymous Big Book, which I haven't touched on much, but the Narcotics Anonymous Big Book has a whole chapter on relapse. Mm -hmm. And in that chapter, what it talks about is that our character defects come back first. And so Mm -hmm. when our character defects begin to surface again, that's a clear indicator that we're on the path we're on the path to relapse we have not necessarily relapsed yet but we can definitely be on the path and so that's why knowing what our character defects are is important Mm -hmm. on that as well i just heard a good friend of mine who's been in the 12-step recovery realm for probably 25 years now and one thing she made clear was it's never just You wake up one day and you go back to your addiction. There's several steps along the way. And that's one of the reasons I say tell your spouse because she can probably help you more so than a sponsor would because she's with you on a daily basis. She'll know, okay, one of his character defects is that he starts uh, blaming this one person. He just blamed them again. Um that could be a sign that things are are going to be resurfacing again. So it's kind of like having a sponsor with you, you know, in your home that can um, just call you on the things that you say you need help on. Right. Another challenge is uh, the sponsor slash accountability partner. Getting a sponsor in a 12-step program means you're getting someone who has been through the 12 steps. They're going to help you navigate those 12 steps, but they are not necessarily going to be doing accountability with you Mm -hmm. unless you invite them into that, unless there's, there's some deeper conversation. And when you have that conversation, you need to set boundaries on what accountability is going to look like. What I look for in someone who is a sponsor is someone who there's something about how they work their program, how they live their life that I want, you know, that I want for myself. Um, and so I will pursue them in relationship to find out more. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to be an accountability partner or anything else. They, they you know, want to help me uh, with some part of my step work. Mm-hmm. So um, 
a sponsor is not an accountability partner, an accountability partner is not a sponsor. I just wanted to kind of point that out for now. Right, and understand that the accountability partnership is more of a church thing than a 12-step thing. Um, typically, it's you go to the meeting, you know, with a 12-step, you go to the meetings and you tell your story and the only person that really puts any pressure on you is the uh, the sponsor. Accountability partnerships is something different. So if you're the spouse, what to look for is for your husband to really seek out the people who are um, going to hold his feet to the fire. You know, it's one thing to go, hey, will you be my sponsor? Don't really want you. It's another thing for them to go to either the sponsor or the accountability partners and go, I need you to press me on this. These are the signs that I'm lying. These are the signs that I'm lying to myself. These are the questions to ask. Like, I need you to hold me to this, uh, even if, you know, it means you're telling my spouse, or even if it means you're telling my boss, you know, something uh, that it's not just between me and you. Therefore, it's not going to be, you know, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Nobody can really get free of this. It's no, I want to be free of this and I want you to hold me to that. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add to that? Not really at this point, other than than being clear on the ground rules of that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, you do need to be clear on it because some people have an understanding of what it means to be an accountability partner. Some some don't. Mm -hmm. um, and that may need some clarification or explanation. Right. And if you're asked to be a accountability partner, then let them know what your standards are. You right. know, let them know, look, I feel led by God to call in the troops if necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if that's not cool for you, then find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do make it clear that I won't keep anyone's secret from their spouse because I do know what harm I have caused. And so engaging in another relationship and being someone who allows that guy to do to his wife what I've done to Lori, um, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, you know, you've got X amount of time to tell your wife or I will. Mm -hmm. And they typically step up? Uh, yeah. Um, th at least the guys I've worked with so far have stepped up, but typically they've they've come to me at a point, typically where their wife already knows. I've had a few that have not, and I've made it clear, you know, that we've got X amount of time before we will do a disclosure, but I want to work with them on that. I'm not just going to throw them to the, you know, into disclosure right away because it'll cause too much harm. Mm -hmm. And just to be clear, we don't do the disclosure with them. We get the the pros involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> when looking for a sponsor, and this is kind of a common pitfall, good sponsors have been sober for a while. Good sponsors can spot self-deception. They're not lie detectors, but just in talking to them, they're able to go, yeah, you're lying to yourself there. One thing I do want to point out in the world of 12-step, going to a 12-step group is a part of your recovery. Mm -hmm. They are not necessarily going to be on board with how you want to recover. And so you may have to find a different 12-step group, um, one that is going to support how you need your recovery to work. Um, if those guys are are 
saying, well, you're, you know, you shouldn't talk uh, to your wife about this or whatever. Um, that's definitely an issue. Another common pitfall is step 12 itself. So step 12 says that having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we um, seek to carry we seek to carry the message to others, live, live these principles uh, in all of our affairs, practice these principles in all of our affairs. So go back and watch episode 12. <laughs> um, it's a long one for me to remember, but step 12 is about giving back. And one of the important reasons why addicts need to give back is our self-focus. Mm. When we start giving back to other people, we stop focusing on ourselves, what I'm getting out of this, why didn't people bring me donuts, why didn't somebody make me coffee. And step 12 is not solely about sponsoring other people. So at some point, you will be ready to sponsor other people. Your first couple of months in the meeting is not the time to do that. But you can make coffee, you can bring donuts, you can set up chairs, you can empty the trash. There's other ways that you can be involved and giving back to others without it solely being about sponsorship. Some people might, um, could possibly use sponsorship as a, a way to feed their pleasure simply because it's like, oh, I asked, you know, I was asked to be a sponsor today and that makes me feel good about myself, which is great. It's just, you know, how far do you take that? Mm -hmm. I like step 12 simply because it can really the the pleasure you get from serving other people can take the place of the addiction like mm -hmm. think back if you're an addict think back to when you know you knocked it out of the park for somebody you know you really served them well that is something you have today that high is something you have today versus your addiction is over after it's out of your system. Giving back can replace the high of your addiction. Right. Sobriety is not healing. So a lot of guys think, I've been sober X amount of time, why isn't everything healed? One of the things that can happen is we get into this thing called being a dry drunk, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. or that we call it white knuckling, or, um, I don't know, those are the two things I call it. Uh, but white knuckling means I'm staying sober, but I'm not really getting any healthier. Mm -hmm. I'm not dealing with my character defects. I'm not, my spiritual health is not improving. Um, I'm not giving back to others. There's a bunch of things that I'm not doing, but I'm also not using. Mm -hmm. That's good, but it's not necessarily going to bring healing. So. If you've been at this and you've been sober for a while and you keep wondering why your world hasn't changed, you're probably white knuckling or dry drunk uh, mm -hmm. at this point in your recovery. Right. Maybe a common pitfall that I've seen is thinking that the 12 steps is for relationship recovery right. when it's really not. I mean, if you did these things, it's going to help. Mm -hmm. Yet it's not designed to rebuild trust. It's designed for the the addict to get sober. The sponsor might be great at getting addicts free, yet their relationships might be in the trash. So be really careful thinking 
that your sponsor has much to say about rebuilding trust unless they're a relationship expert. Common pitfall of 12-step. You can go to a 12-step meeting every single day and still be addicted, still be using, still be acting out. Just showing up in the meetings won't change a thing if you don't do the steps. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of guys uh, in um, porn addiction 12-step and alcohol addiction 12-step that, you know, they used before the meeting, they came to the meeting drunk, they, you know, all sorts of things until they finally decided to get serious. For the spouse, if your husband says he's going to meetings, that's good. That's at least a starting point, but he needs to do the steps. You know, one of the things um, that the big book says is that we get a 24-hour reprieve based on our spiritual health. What does that mean? What that means is, well, the so doing the 12 steps is to be spiritually healthy, according to the big book. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing the 12 steps, then I get a 24-hour reprieve from my addiction because my spiritual health is in order. Mm. Um, when I'm not doing the 12 steps, I'm not engaged in my own spiritual health, and my 24-hour reprieve is in question. You know, I can be getting myself further and further down the, the relapse path. So basically you're talking about work the steps on a daily basis and right. you're covered for the next 24 hours. Right. As far as filled up to where you don't need the addiction. Yeah. yeah. So I guess another way. Yeah. Of... <laughs> I was like reprieve from the 12 steps. <laughs> yeah. Or... yeah. Um, another way of saying it is this is not a one time thing. You know, just doing the 12 steps one time. Obviously, you know, like we've said, the first three steps is an introduction. Steps four through nine are something you do um, once in a while, but then steps 10 through 12 are daily or more frequently. Mm -hmm. And so all of that needs to work together in order for the 12-step program even to begin working in your life. Mm -hmm. I think one of them is that step four which is our fearless moral inventory sometimes gets confused between disclosure and and doing a full inventory which i i do believe we covered pretty well in episode four mm -hmm. but i do want to bring it out because step four feeds into step six with character defects there's a lot more going on than just the sexual brokenness uh misbehavior mm -hmm. So there are other things to dig into. When it comes to rebuilding trust, I would also cover those things with your spouse as well, mm -hmm. simply because she's going to be picking up on it. It's not just, are you looking at porn? Are you masturbating? Are you lying to me? It's, are you catering to the things that you used to cater to in order to escape pain or to feel pleasure, that sort of thing? A common pitfall. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous was written in 1939. The language, the focus is written from a time frame that has substantially changed in, in the last 80 years, right? It's still very applicable, but one common pitfall is people pick up the book, they read a few lines, Recognize that it's, number one, it's written to alcoholics and not sex addicts. Number two, it, it says that the man is um, the struggler. 
which may or may not be true for sex addicts. Um, and the language is a little archaic. That can be a common pitfall for some people to say, oh, well, this doesn't really speak to me. It's a good book. It's a really good book. And it has a lot of value in it, but you're going to have to set aside some of the, you know, it needs to say it just the right way. There's a place to kind of lay down that, that entitled side of yourself and dive into a book that has literally impacted millions and millions of people. They, they kind of tell the story in there in 1939. They were struggling to get 20 people in a group at that time. But then at the bottom of the page, it says, as of this writing, there's 120,000 groups meeting globally. Oh, wow. So there's, there's a place to listen to a book that's had that kind of impact. Um, and it is archaic language. So you'll, you'll every once in a while hear something you haven't heard in a while, and it's kind of fun. Okay. Would you say it's difficult to understand? Not at all. It's, it is very easily understood. Okay. Okay. So I think that's enough for the common pitfalls. Stay tuned next time when we cover the major pitfalls. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye.